Hello everyone, this is Ricky and welcome back to another episode of Grey Matters. In this episode, we're going to specifically talk about Black feminist thought and what that means. Hi everyone, this is Charmaine. So you'll find a lot of similar themes in this episode with what we discussed in our feminism, womanism theory episode. If you haven't had a chance, go ahead and um, you can listen to this one and then also listen to that one. Um, it'll give you a little bit more of an idea of what we're discussing here. So in this episode, we're briefly introducing one of the different forms of feminism, and we're focusing specifically on Black feminist thought because um, the influence of Black feminism onto mainstream contemporary, also called kind of mainstream intersectional feminism, is really prominent, and it's something that has that's developed um, since the evolution of feminism and the evolution of, of Black power thought. Yes. Um, as Charmaine said, a lot of the themes are going to be um, similar to what we talked about. And the reason because of that is that Black feminist thought kind of emerged from, like we said before, gaps that needed to be filled um, within the feminist movement. A lot of um, Black women felt like they had to choose between being a woman and being um, being Black, especially since um during the 60s, during that feminist movement, it was kind of coincided with the civil rights movement. Um, and it, they kind of felt stuck in the middle of choosing between, like I said before, being Black or being a woman. And within feminism, they felt they had to um, erase their Blackness to kind of fit within the feminist movement. Um, and within civil rights movement, they kind of felt like they had to um, set back and just focus on being Black. And so... Um, the diversity and evolution of Black feminist thought centers around kind of like this, you can think of it kind of like a timeline of like expansion. So it, it went from club women to second wave feminism, feminists that emerged often in alliance with, with and around the Black power movements. Like we said before, um, they kind of felt, it kind of emerged from this exclusionary between feminism and civil rights movement. And then it kind of expands to the contemporary intersectional feminism and this idea that um, looking at the intersecting pattern of our intersecting characteristics of being a, a being black and a woman, and looking at kind of how those different narratives kind of different narratives emerge from those intersecting um, identities, and so I think it's important to differentiate between womanism and black feminism, um, and kind of looking at black feminist thought separately from womanism. Yeah, it's important to acknowledge that. A lot of Black feminists have made it very clear that womanism is not Black feminism mm -hmm. and that the two terms are not interchangeable. And so the interesting thing about this and a lot of theories is that you will, of course, have differentiating opinions and um, kind of like ways that people talk about it. But we're taking this specifically from the words of Patricia, Patricia Hill Collins. And so Patricia Hill Collins was one of the I would say is one of the most formative voices in black feminism. And so um, she actually wrote a text, which we'll discuss in a little bit more detail. It's called black feminist thought. And so, um, and Collins is one of the ones that has made it clear that womanism and black feminism are not the same. So I'm going to read a quote from her text, what's in a name. Um, and here she says, African-American women who use the term black feminism also attach varying interpretations to this term as a black feminist and theorist activist, Pearl, Cliage, Cliage, I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, define it. Feminism is the belief that women are full human beings capable of participation and leadership in the full range of human activities, intellectual, political, social, sexual, spiritual, and economic. 
And in its broadest sense, feminism constitutes both an ideology and a global political movement that confronts sexism, a social relationship in which males as a group have authority over females as a group, end quote. So in here, uh, Collins is basically saying that black feminism, it remains important because um, U.S. black feminism specifically um, Within the U.S., Black women constitute an oppressed group. So as a collective, Black women participate in a dialectical relationship linking African-Americans, women's oppression and activism. So this aims to center the voices and experiences of Black women, which, as Ricky mentioned, is especially important because um, Black women felt that they had to choose between um, one movement or another. And so Black feminism aims to kind of center those experiences, but also kind of bring together those those different struggles and say that you can be a woman, a black woman, and you can be a feminist. And, you know, you can, there's a, a label or an identity for you to be able to participate in both forms of activism and advocate for both struggles. Yes. And I think it's even more important to kind of discuss this in this moment, because I'm actually seeing a lot of um, narratives, even within the Black Lives Matter movement, where women feel like Black women often feel left left out, even within that movement. And I think that that's a great example of how movements start. And then you kind of, you need to centralize the woman's voice in that movement, because it's kind of like, okay, um, yes, we are talking about Black lives, but it's kind of like, okay, can we talk about um, Black women? And how that how their lives are, you know, of course, we are all black, but as women, you kind of get marginalized even more for being a woman. And mm -hmm. so black feminists felt this. They felt in the civil rights movement that, OK, yes, I am black, but I'm also a black woman and I'm feeling marginalized even more because we're centering the black male's perspective. And I think that that's important that we distinguish that black feminist thought focuses on the U.S. woman's black narrative. And so it's not saying that the U.S. woman's black narrative is all homogenous and all the same. And I think Patricia Hill Collins does a great job at explaining this in black feminist thought. And I'm going to quote from her um, where she talks about the distinguishing factors of black feminist thought and how it used, it's used to shed light on the different narratives and the different perspectives and lenses that black women view the world in. And she states, Black feminist thought, U.S. Black women and Black women's critical theory reflects similar power relationships. For African-American women, critical social theory encompasses bodies of knowledge and sets of institutional practices that actively grapple with the central questions facing U.S. Black women as a collective. The need for such thought arises, arises because African-American women as a group remain oppressed within a U.S. context characterized by injustice. This neither means that all African-American women within that group are oppressed in the same way, nor that some U.S. Black women do not suppress others. Black feminist thought identity as a critical social theory lies in its commitment to justice, both for U.S. Black women as a collective and for that of others similar similar oppressed groups. So I think Patricia Hill Collins really does a great job at addressing, okay, all Black women are not the same. Black feminist thought um, recognizes that. Black feminist thought also recognizes that the U.S. Black women's um, experience as a Black woman in the U.S. needs to be um, shed more light, even within this whole of analyzing the Black the Black person experience, the Black women's experience is distinctive. And it's also distinctive from just the woman's experience, from the white woman's experience. And I think 
and was shedding light of this distinctness, that's how Black feminist thought emerged and continues to evolve over time, is that you continue to find um, different distinctive patterns. And I think it's going to be interesting to kind of see how Black feminists kind of um, talk about the Black Lives Matter movement and how you kind of need this distinctive of the Black woman's voice within the Black Lives Matter movement because there's so many stories about Black women that go unheard, mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to, you know, police brutality against Black women. Um, like right now we have Breonna Taylor and we had Sandra Bland. And so that kind of distinctive voice, it, it kind of aligns well with the Black feminist um, distinctive voice and the need for Black feminism within feminism. And so I think it's also important to talk about, you know, defining oneself when, within Black feminist thought. And it, Black feminist thought kind of does a great job with that as well. Yeah, I agree, Ricky. And I think um, just looking at kind of some of the themes in Black feminist thought, we're just going to focus on a couple of the main themes. But like Ricky said, defining oneself kind of it plays into politics of naming um, and there, that's a whole field that we won't really get into, but we'll just kind of touch on is, you know, this idea of like binary labels, such as womanism, black feminism, uh, black feminist thought. Um, and it's important to acknowledge that a lot of the work done by women, such as club women who were early organizers, um, for some of, some of us may not know who club women were. So just very briefly, club women were basically, um, primarily middle and upper class women, um, who organized in their communities and they did social justice and like activism work in their communities. And that could cover a plethora of fields from education and, and union union work. Um, and black club, club women emerged out of exclusion from white club women, white club women. Um, they basically, one of the things that they did was they kind of led suffragette movements and, as we know, if we study a little bit more about history, a lot of Black women were excluded from that struggle. And so um, a lot of the women at that time were not identifying themselves as feminists. They were not using the term Black feminists or labeling themselves as such. But their work was still, it's still considered largely significant to Black feminist thought. Mm -hmm. And I really give um, my, you know, for introducing me to, to club women, to the work and to black feminist thought to one of my professors at TWU in the MWGS department, um, Dr. Danielle Phillips Cunningham. Um, and she really taught us a lot about and introduced really the, the world of club women to us. And I think it's a really fascinating field of work. And we're, we're going to delve a little bit more into that into our, um, our get to know the Her Story series. Um, and in various other forms, but I wanted to introduce it in this in this context because that is one theme within Black feminism, um, and it's important to acknowledge the work that was done by Black feminists, whether they were labeled it as such. And we talked about a little bit earlier too when it came to um, Collins's, uh, you know, kind of her interpretation and her label of Black feminism, and some of the womanists and whether they identify as Black feminists or not, kind of plays into some of those binary labels as well. Yes, and I think um, that that introduction to like these binary labels in the politics of naming um, kind of aligns closely with another thing that we're going to bring out, bring up, and it's stereotypes against Black women. Um, so we we're going to talk a lot about stereotypes and representation of many women of color, and you know, just people of color in general, especially um, in contrast to this Eurocentric. Um, Eurocentric narrative around people of color and different marginalized groups. Um, but specifically for Black women, um, a lot of the stereotypes, you get the mammy stereotype, which is um, 
kind of we, we recently shared something on our Instagram about how the Aunt Jemima brand kind of went along with this mm-hmm. um, mammy stereotype. Um, you get the matriarch, there's the Jezebel, there's just a plethora of, of different stereotypes um, for that are set on black women. And some of them are hidden and some of them, you know, are more overt and you, you kind of set it back. Well, black feminist thought really brings um, kind of these stereotypes into conversation. And it's great that it's in conversation to respectability politics, which we introduced in our Her Story episode about Claudette Colvin and how her story wasn't um, wasn't framed around the central right, central sorry, civil rights movement because she didn't meet those respectability, um, quote unquote, politics for the movement, and how Rosa Parks kind of met those um, met those kind of expectations for someone to be a leader. You know, we talked about fair skin. You know, she came from, um, she was a very respected person in the community, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, it's very important to talk about this because a lot of reasons why respectability politics plays such a big influence into um, different social justice movements is because you're actively fighting against these stereotypes. You're actively fighting against these narratives. And so you kind of, what happens is when you start this movement, you want to uh, deter like far away from these stereotypes so that the dominant culture doesn't look at you and just brand you with another stereotype. Right. Um, and we're actually going to provide a resource. It's a really great video by Dr. Trisha Rhodes. It's going to be linked on our website. You can watch it. Um, that really goes more in-depthly into respectability politics and how it coincides with Black feminist thought. Um, so, like I said, that's going to be available on our website, on our resources page. If you want to learn more into that, um, you can definitely check out that video um, because it plays a large role into also talking about Black women and activism and how that how that kind of is in conversation with each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking at black women activism too, I think that's also been a, a broad theme within black feminist thought because a lot of what we see is that um, black feminists, black women in general have played a very vital role in activism. And so black mm-hmm. feminist thought kind of emerged out of activism and mm-hmm. emerged out of this advocacy that was happening, even from, as we mentioned, the club women to contemporary social justice work Um it's coincided with one another. There's a strong connection, but also it's important to note that the impacts, there's been a lot of positive impacts from the work of black feminists and black women in activism. Um, And these positive impacts are for the entire black community, not just for black women. Mm -hmm. And I would also extend that far beyond just the black community. And I would say that when black women have been activists, it's positively impacted women of color, women um, as a marginalized group as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to note, and that's why we wanted to introduce this as one of the first um, kind of themes outside of, uh, right after we talked about feminism and womanism, is to look at the role of Black feminists, especially within the framing of U.S. feminism. And um, as we can see just from the Black Lives Matter protests that there's a strong global connection Mm -hmm. with our activism as well. And so we're seeing that people all across the globe are marching in solidarity for black, um, for like black lives right now, just Mm -hmm. as one current example. Um, And black feminists have played a really significant role in that. And we'll talk a little bit more in detail about um, some of those specifically. Um, But I, you know, I wanted to introduce that and, and Ricky and I both talk a lot about 
the connection, as we talked about in a previous episode as well, about activism and academia and kind of bridging some of those those thought gaps. Yes. And I'm actually excited because I see a lot of this bridging happening in pop culture and how we're starting to incorporate um, Black feminist I, you know, ideology and themes within the culture and within the media that we can um, consume on a daily basis. I, I know I was excited um, when Beyonce's Lemonade album came out mm-hmm. and like how even her um, performance at Coachella and like all of the things that she's doing really centers around um, black feminist thought. It, yeah. It's interesting how some of those themes, like, you know, I'm watching it in everyday life and I'm like, oh, wait, does she just quote a black feminist scholar? Oh, wait, is she like bringing light to the black power movement, you know, with her Super Bowl um with her Super Bowl performance. And, you know, she she is actively dismantling, you know, the mainstream white narrative, you know, the mainstream Eurocentric narrative, Eurocentric narrative. And you know, it's really great, you know, as a black woman to watch this other black women bring these topics into discussion. She's using her platform. Mm-hmm. She's using her platform to um, you know, speak for different social injustices against black like we said, the black community, black women community, women in general, um, you know, people of color in general. And it's it's really profound and it's great that we're seeing kind of like this new evolution um, almost of black feminist thought and how it's expanding. Um, and I just I think it's I think it's great. I think it um, brings into conversation, like we said, bridging this mm-hmm. theory that we learn about in academia, academia and we do so much research on and bridging it into everyday conversation, everyday culture. Yeah. I love, um, I love that you brought up Beyonce because yeah, there, she's really presented so much symbolism as of recently, like, like you said, lemonade, she, her Coachella performance was really like an ode to historically black colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. Um, her Super Bowl performance where, you know, it, it was kind of like this ode to the black Panthers and the black power movements. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, And and she's really highlighting the significance of their work. And even like, I'm thinking back to Coachella, we actually watched that performance on the last day of Dr. PC's class. Um, And it was a really, yeah, it was a really cool experience because it was like the steps and the performances Mm -hmm. and and the dance moves. Like there was so much significance to each piece Mm -hmm. of that performance. And um, yeah, even, you know, I'm thinking back to like Beyonce using Big Frida in one of her songs in, um, in Lemonade and she, I can't remember if it was which performance it was, but she had um, Nigerian feminists who we oh, mentioned, yeah, Shimamanda Adichie. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. she had a quote from her, and it was her voice speaking, and it was really beautiful. So, I love seeing that. And um, one other kind of connection to Beyonce as well is the HBO show Insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's by uh, it was kind of created by Issa Rae, and I know Melina Matsukis has um, a, a significant impact to that as well, and she also directed. I believe some of the videos of Lemonade, I'm not exactly sure, but um, Insecure is a really, it's an awesome show as well because it's what you were talking about earlier, Ricky, it's like dismantling those narratives mm-hmm. of stereotypes because, or it's like re-centering or re-kind of introducing new narratives by dismantling those stereotypes because it's like Issa Ray and it's her friends and Issa's like this very kind of like, just she's just a person figuring her way out in the world yeah. and she's not playing into these tropes and none of the characters really play into the tropes that are expected on young black people. Um, and it's, it's just an amazing show and they have a whole episode dedicated to kind of like around Beyonce and the Coachella performance. It tells you about like the significance of that as well. Yes. And even though it's just, a, I, I hear people talk about this, like it's just a TV show. I think 
that, especially that it's on HBO, it's such an important platform. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it is like a mainstream show, but it is specifically about like, it's centering black lives and black stories is so significant. And I know a couple other shows have done this as well, but it really plays into the larger narrative of what's important in mainstream pop culture and whether people want to turn their noses up to it or pretend like it doesn't, it's not relevant to our lives. We know that it very much is. Yes. And let me just say HBO is doing the damn thing because another show is that I'm going to like talk about that really uh, stood out like insecure with doing like, and it's more of a comedy. So it kind of like makes fun of these tropes. Mm -hmm. It kind of leans into the tropes and then, you know, it kind of leans in and dismantles the, at the same time. Um, It was actually introduced to me by Dr. Tracy Eberbach. Um, which I mentioned before in one of our episodes when I talked about her class, like introduced me to media literacy. Um, and it's the a black woman sketch show. And it is so funny because like I said, it leans into these tropes and then it also kind of dismantles at the same time. One, mm-hmm. actually I'm going to share the video on our Instagram. So if you want to see this clip that I'm about to talk about, it's on our Instagram. It's actually quite funny because, um, so it's called a black lady courtroom. And so this black lawyer walks in the courtroom and sees a black judge. And then another black lawyer walks into the courtroom and sees the black, another black lawyer and the judge in that her defendant is black. And then, and then the black bailiff walks into the courtroom, a black woman bailiff. So they're all black women walks into the courtroom and was like, Oh, it's a black lady courtroom. Eh? Cause everyone in the courtroom is a black woman. And I actually sent it to my friend who's studying to, Uh, be an attorney and she was like wow I would love to see that like I Mm -hmm. would love to walk into a courtroom and it be full of black women because you have like this collective experience within within you know the the justice system or within the legal system and that episode just really sat with me because I was like wow can you imagine walking into a space and you kind of see this marginalized voice kind of be centered and Mm -hmm. this this narrative kind of centered versus like watching regular TV and it's like that one token black woman, it kind of goes against tokenism and it goes against like the stereotype of what a black woman can be, if that makes sense too. Yeah. Um, and so I think that also goes into, um, which we will, um, we will leave this. It's an art piece actually that I was introduced by um, Dr. Lauren Cross to in our art appreciation class that kind of also kind of like, um, it kind of it's like going against like making fun of the trope and then going against it at the same time. It's called the Sugar Sphinx. And it, there's a really great article, which we will also link on our resources page about this piece um, and about how um, this piece kind of goes into it kind of goes into the the mammy trope. Like we said, the auntie mama trope. Um, it's it's really hard for me to describe. I'm, I'm realizing it's really hard for me to describe. So we'll just leave the the photos and the links onto our our to our um, our website so that you can link. But it's by Kara Walker, and it's it's like like we said within Black culture, you see this consistency of like kind of like not making fun of, but like acknowledging the stereotype and then combat it. And that's what Kara Walker does. She acknowledges the mammy trope and then she combats it with her own symbolism within her statue. Um, and it's interesting because this statue is all made out of sugar mm-hmm. and it's from a the sugar factory, um, the Domino sugar factory, um, which if you go back in time, it's closely like slavery was closely linked to the sugar 
to the sugar um, trade. Yeah, the sugar yep. trade, the sugar industry. So it's interesting that she uses sugar and it's like a statue, like the head is the mammy choke, the bottom is very like hypersexual and it's just it's just very interesting. So if you want to read more and look at that, you can visit our website. But Charmaine and I are just both excited about how much black feminism has has been incorporated into yeah. our main culture. And I think that speaks volume for the future of black feminist thought. Yeah. I, this is such a powerful image, Ricky, like the sugar sphinx. I've seen that a few times, but yeah, if you haven't seen it, please do check it out or just revise your memory and look at it on our, on our Instagram and on our website. Um, but yeah, like Ricky said, it's, it, it, it is really telling. And especially with, like we were discussing this a little bit earlier with um, the influence of black women and how their work has also it's, it's significantly impacted, positively impacted, um, more than just black women and more mm-hmm. than just the black community. So a couple examples of this are the black lives movement, movement co-founders. So Patrice colors, Alicia Garza, Opal Tometi, and then also the founder of the hashtag me too movement, Sharana Burke, all, um, black women. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's just really significant, um, how much these women have like kind of impacted, um, our world and, mm-hmm. and, impacted activism and then also linking back to the work of like Collins and various other um, scholars as well and how their work within feminism has, has positively impacted the movement. Um, And then Ricky had mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, police brutality specifically against black women. There's a really powerful resource. Um, It's a text by Kimberly Crenshaw, who is the writer and kind of scholar behind intersectionality. Um, Her and Andrea Jay Ritchie, they wrote a book called Say Her Name, Resisting Police Brutality Against Black Women. That's a great resource um, mm-hmm. for, for anyone who wants to look a little bit more into police brutality specifically against Black women and how sometimes their voices are even further silenced or marginalized within mm-hmm. that movement. Exactly. And then we have a couple other texts we want to provide as resources. And of course, we'll have these on our website as well. But the first is Black Feminist Thought by Patricia Hill Collins. This is an entire text. The second is Feminist Theory from Margin to Center by Bell Hooks. We didn't really go into detail a lot about Bell Hooks in this episode, but she's also a very formative and important voice um, to, to, to look at for about Black feminism, basically, um, feminism in general, but more specifically, Black feminism. Um, and then the third is an anthology. So this is called Words of Fire, an anthology of African-American feminist thought by Beverly Guy Sheftal. This is an amazing book. It's just, it's a compilation of various works um, by various Black feminist mm-hmm. authors and scholars. And so this is a really important work if you want to look at the diversity in Black feminist thought as well. And then, of course, Ricky talked about the video by Dr. Trisha Rose. Um, it's called Black Feminism, Popular Culture, and respectability politics. And Dr. Patricia Rose is, I'm sorry, her name is Dr. Trisha Rose. She is awesome because she really has done a lot of work on um, hip hop, women in hip hop and respectability politics. So check that out as well. But um, we thank you for tuning in. You can of course find us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Um, Please, if you are listening to us through Apple, give us five stars. If you like this, leave a, leave a lovely comment. We would appreciate that. Um, you can email us at graymattersblog at gmail.com. You can w- visit us on our website at graymattersblog.com. And of course, engage with us on Instagram at graymattersblog. Leave us a comment. Leave us a little emoji on our feed. Um, engage with us. We share a lot of interesting things in our stories and our highlights as well. And we look forward to talking to everyone very soon. Have a great week. Bye.